Today, this podcast is being recorded on Awabakal and Waramai land. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and extend our respect to any First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people joining us today. Welcome into the realm of sluts and blood magic, where we work together to heal period shame, heal our pussies and wombs, and find the way to a more pleasurable period and sex life. I'm your host, Jem Campbell, a nutritionist, dietitian, sexologist, period empowerment guide, and menstrual blood witch. If you love the podcast, remember to rate, review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode and so we can reach and empower as many sluts and womb holders as possible. Let's get into this week's episode. Hey folks, welcome back to Blood Slut. Today on the podcast, I'm doing the PME and PMDD Q&A. So I'm going to be answering some questions and some common I guess misconceptions and some common questions that people have. So let's get right into it. I'm going to be reading some from the support groups on Facebook because I feel like they're really going to help everyone. So the first question is, is it possible to have noise sensitivity during PMDD time? And the answer is yes, that is possible. It is possible to have, it's possible to be really sensitive to sounds and noise, much like neurodivergent people can be. And it's not very enjoyable. You might find that you're really sensitive to the sound of someone chewing, whereas that might not normally affect you or bother you. But it has started to affect and bother you because of the PMDD. This is also going to be quite common for people who get migraine, who get um, menstrual migraine, who get exacerbated migraine during the luteal phase. Because what happens when you have a migraine is that your brain becomes hella sensitive to any kind of stimuli, including light and sound and even sometimes taste so you might find that you become quite picky with foods that you want to eat for example for me in my luteal phase and during my bleed I'm often extremely picky with what foods I like to eat which can make it very difficult especially if I have meal prepped or if I have Marley spoon recipes in the in the fridge ready to cook but I don't actually feel like those foods so something that I recommend is to be a little bit more flexible during that time. Save a little bit of cash throughout the month, put it in a special bank account, and you can actually use that money. I'm at the beach, so you might hear some cars driving past. Um, So you can use that money to buy takeaway if you need. Now, this is coming from a dietitian and nutritionist, okay? It is okay to eat takeaway food if that is the only food you can stomach during your luteal phase. Don't be hard on yourself if you're, I don't know, on some kind of special diet or if usually you eat really healthy and then you find you're craving like a specific takeaway food like a pizza or a burger or whatever it is you know obviously we don't want to be eating high saturated fat high sugar 
take away food every night but if you have to do that a couple of nights a week during your luteal phase and your bleed to get you through even more nights than that it's better than not eating anything at all because we want to be getting some kind of food into you because if we're not eating properly if we're not eating at regular intervals throughout the day we're probably going to feel more anxious and we're just going to feel overall like shit and have even less energy than we had to begin with. I'm a huge fan of meal delivery services and potentially if you're someone who wants to avoid eating takeaway food or potentially you know you don't have the financial capacity to willingly do that whenever you please, totally relatable and understandable, maybe it's actually more affordable for you to only get meal delivery delivered during your luteal phase and your bleed so that you at least have meals in the fridge ready to go that you can just cook and you don't need to think about recipes or going to the supermarket or the grocery store to purchase groceries you don't have to do any thinking you can just order it and then you can skip the boxes in between or you can just do it all the time I personally love meal delivery Um, I usually get Marley Spoon. This isn't an ad for them. They've actually fucked up a few of my recipes, a few of my orders recently, which I'm, you know, so I'm definitely not like, this definitely is not an ad. I do love their meals and I do think their meals are a lot healthier than say HelloFresh. So I would opt for something like Marley Spoon if you are going to do that over HelloFresh. But again, like it's up to you. Um then you you have like flexibility and at least then you have those meals there and if you don't end up eating them because you don't like them you can just freeze the meat or the protein and you know just do something else with the vegetables or whatever you know like generally that stuff will keep in the fridge for a week or so so at least you have something there because it's really common for us to become really picky eaters and really particular about what we consume during that time, that is completely normal. And if you're someone who finds that difficult every single luteal phase and you're finding that's a bit of a pattern, I would probably have a chat to your doctor because there could be something going on with your hormones. And look, I'm not I'm not going to say too much more than that because I'm not a doctor, but I would probably have that investigated if you feel like you are like becoming extremely picky at certain parts of your cycle. It might not even just be your luteal phase. It could be your follicular phase or when you're ovulating, you find that you're you're craving um, like really high fat, high sugar foods. I would definitely be talking to a naturopath and your GP as well. I would be talking to both of them because you really need both sides of medicine and um, natural health. Now, if you've meal prepped a bunch of shit and then, you know, you've got it all, all your meals in the freezer and then PMDD, PME time comes around And you're like, I don't feel like any of these meals that I've prepped because I'm feeling really particular about what I want right now and just fuck that. That's okay. Like I said, order takeaway, you know, you can try and find a healthier, opt for a healthier version like a stir fry or, you know, something like that, a healthier kind of burger. You know, even pizza is okay. If you're just doing it as a once off, just chuck heaps of veggies on the pizza 
Okay, you're getting protein, you're getting carbohydrate, and you're getting vegetables. That is a complete meal. It's obviously not something we want to be eating all the time because when we're buying pizza from a fast food pizza restaurant, there are typically a lot of extra preservatives, a lot of saturated fat, and refined sugar. And we obviously want to avoid that. But like I said, better than eating nothing. So yeah, if you're someone who you get to your PMDD time and you're like, I don't want any of these meals and maybe you can't be fucked or to take away, you don't have the money for it, make sure that you have snacks readily available to eat during that time. So when you're coming up to like nearing your ovulation time, when you have lots of energy, go for a big shop or even order your shop online and order like heaps of snacks that you enjoy high protein snacks are the best Uh, you can get you know little packets of chickpeas now you can get canned chickpeas and canned beans that are like marinated and ready to eat those are great you can get cans of tuna and salmon that you can put on like crackers or cruskets or something like that and then you can also get things like bags of nuts or fruit and nuts fruit and nut mixes like the dried fruit Um, with seeds in them as well you can also make sure that you have all the ingredients for a smoothie so what I love to put in my smoothie is a really good quality protein powder and personally for all of us I would recommend avoiding dairy as much as you can obviously if dairy is something you crave and you don't find that you have any adverse reactions to it go for it but dairy is a pro-inflammatory food and we do want to avoid it if we have PMDD and PME so yeah but once again that's very individualized and a very generalized statement so do whatever feels right for your body um, for me personally, I get, can get headaches from dairy, reflux, like it affects my body a lot and it's also inflammatory and I've got enough inflammation going on in this bitch. So, sorry about the cars. <laughs> I wanted to be by the beach today. Okay. So yeah. And then seeds. So like I mentioned in the coping tools episodes, if you haven't listened to those, please go back and listen to those. There is so much amazing juicy information i mentioned seed cycling so make sure you have for your so what would you be having at that time you would be having pumpkin and flax seed during your luteal phase so make sure you're chucking about a tablespoon and a half of each of those in your smoothie during your luteal phase Uh, good quality protein powder some oat bran really really great also really good for people who are gluten intolerant and can't handle much gluten um and it's really high fiber and it's it just makes it basically makes your smoothie a little bit thicker. So you could even do like a smoothie bowl and then put like some granola or some fruit on top. Yum. And then also hemp seeds, chia seeds. Um, what else do I put in? Oh, I put in my medicinal mushroom powders. You can chuck it all in and you're getting everything in one drink. Like smoothies are like fucking God. Like can we just worship smoothies for a moment? Like... You can literally chuck everything in that shit. And then obviously a good quality like oat milk or whatever milk you use. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've forgotten to mention with the smoothie. I don't think so. So yeah, smoothies, awesome. You can have them in the morning. You can have a smoothie three times a day. If that day you're feeling fucked and you can't really be fucked to cook and you're not, you don't feel like any of the food you have and you can't order takeaway for whatever reason, smoothie, 
great fucking option because they're filling, they're nutritious as fuck. Oh, I forgot to say fruit. Obviously, put fruit in your smoothie or it's going to taste like shit. Um, and then maybe a bit of honey or something too if you like that. Or some cacao. Cacao, also amazing. Um, the only thing I will say with cacao, if you want to put that in your smoothie or have or drink cacao in like a hot milk or something as a hot chocolate throughout your um, PMDD time, if you are prone to anxiety and panic during that time, I would keep the cacao to a minimum just because it does have caffeine. And as we all know, that can exacerbate anxiety, but it might not affect you. But for me personally, it does. So during that time, I generally will avoid cacao. Um, There's these really yummy bliss balls that have cacao in them that I love. So I will sometimes just have like one of those, but you don't want to push it because you you are going to potentially end up more anxious. So that is one thing I will say. Um, so yeah, some other really great snacks are you might like to make some bliss balls or some protein balls in the lead up so you have them in the fridge and you can just eat them. You might like to put some peanut butter in them so they're nice and protein rich and tasty. Some cacao or cocoa powder, hemp seeds, oats, oat bran even, honey. There's heaps of tons of like tons of good recipes online. I'm going to be hopefully releasing um some kind of recipe ebook in the next couple of years a couple of years in the next few months probably i don't know why i said couple of years i think that's probably more realistic for me but i promise eventually i will have some kind of recipe like something coming out because yeah it's been a long time coming i've been writing a recipe ebook for literally like two years and look the ADHD ain't having it. So so let's just circle back for a moment to the noise sensitivity. If you're someone who doesn't usually have noise sensitivity throughout the other phases of your cycle, so for example, you might be neurotypical and you don't you know, experience sensory overload or anything like that, you might be like freaking out, like what the fuck do I do to cope with this? So one thing I would recommend is getting some noise cancelling headphones if you don't already or you can buy like these little things called loops that you can put in your ear Um, I'll probably put a link to those in the show notes my friend uses them and they've said they're amazing I personally haven't used them before because I just use my headphones but those are really great Um, you know you can literally just put like earplugs in (laughs) if you want if you're like just chilling around the house or for when you sleep um If you're finding that you're really sensitive to, say, your partner's snoring or your partner's movements throughout the night and that's really irritating you, there is no shame in going and sleeping in another room. If you have another room in the house or if you have a van you can sleep in or they can sleep on the couch or whatever because you need your fucking good quality sleep, especially during that time. And if that means you have to sleep in a separate room for a week or two each month, then just do it (laughs) there is no harm in doing that and if your partner or partners kick up a fuss about that then what are you doing with them (laughs) like for real you know they need to be supportive and if your partner is not supportive of your PMDD and PME recovery journey they can get fucked and you need to fuck them off and I know that can be really difficult and really harsh to hear especially when you're in that time but it's the truth 
you don't want people like that in your life. I am really lucky that my PMDD and PME symptoms started when I was single and so I was not in an abusive relationship dynamic or an unhealthy toxic relationship dynamic but I can imagine that that is really fucking difficult so please speak to your psychologist and your supportive network if you don't have a support network or a psychologist please call lifeline or the domestic violence line I will put all of those numbers in the show notes for you it's really important just waiting for that car to go past It's really important that you have a support network that believes you and validates your experience, okay? Because let's be honest, some of us don't have that, but we can find it. And if you are struggling with PMDD or PME and you're feeling alone, you can reach out to me via email or Instagram DMs. My email is gem at imawildgem.com and my Instagram is at thebloodslut. And those detail, contact details are always in the show notes. And you can reach out because I do offer PMDD and PME coaching support. And we can have a chat about that. You can book a sex coaching alignment call, which is a free 15-minute call. And we can chat about options to support you. But I do really encourage you, if you're experiencing domestic violence or anything like that along your PMDD journey, please seek out going to your doctor and then going and seeing a psychiatrist and a psychologist to support you with medication, treatment, therapy, etc., because you do not have to go through this alone and yes please reach out to me I'm here for you and I'm obviously not a a psychologist or a psychotherapist but I can support you with coaching if you're wanting support in that way. Something that I find really soothing when I'm overstimulated with sound as well is listening to bilateral stimulation music so if you have spotify or something you can just search bilateral stimulation and it's basically music that goes from one ear to the other in your headphones or your earphones and it's really relaxing for your nervous system so i really recommend even if you're just making dinner walking around the house, going for a walk. You can just put that in your headphones and just listen to it and you'll feel so relaxed. All right, let's move on to the next question. That was a very long-winded answer with many tangents. The next question is, I've been feeling really anxious, panicky, overthinking things, My partner is confused by my behavior and I'm behaving like someone else. I don't feel like myself and I've noticed that this happens for a week before my period every month. Do you think I have PMDD or PME? My answer to this question is probably yes. I would say you potentially have one or the other or both depending on what uh, mental illnesses or pre-existing health conditions that you have for example if you have uh, 
generalized anxiety disorder and you're finding in the week before your period you're more anxious than usual you most likely have PME if you are generally pretty fine and chill throughout the rest of your cycle but then the week before your period you feel like a crazy bitch and for lack of a better word you feel a little bit psycho (laughs) you feel a little bit insane in the membrane and you feel hella anxious panicky just out of nowhere and you've never experienced you know symptoms like that before outside of mental illness then I would say it could be PMDD I would be going straight to your GP and having a chat if they're invalidating I would be chatting to other people in your support network in your healthcare team like a psychologist a counselor a psychiatrist and if you find I doubt psychologists would be invalidating but if you're finding your GP or psychiatrist is not taking it seriously I would be going and finding another one Um, if you live in the Newcastle area I can give you some recommendations for good practitioners but it's really important you have a team that is backing you if you're unsure if you have PMDD or PME then if you go back to the previous two episodes I've done in I forget which show notes I put it in but in one of those show notes I put a link to a self-screening test so that's on the um one of the big websites for PMDD awareness it's called I a PMDD or something like that and they have a self-screen so you can literally just fill out a little like online questionnaire and it will give you a rough idea if you have one or both of those conditions remember you can have both at the same time as well something else that I want to point out is you might not feel like absolute shit for the entire luteal phase or into your bleed you might actually feel really good one day you might wake up and be like holy shit I feel amazing and have a really good day feel really confident be feeling yourself and then the next day you wake up and you feel like asshole and you're so depressed you cannot drag yourself out of bed and you have to call in sick to work and then you get a migraine and then this happens and that happens and your appetite's fucked and you can't eat blah 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 you know like it's never going to be the same every day so even if you are finding like some of the, some of your luteal phase you're feeling okay or pretty good but then other days you're feeling like really fucked or like you're feeling really unlike yourself you know yourself better than anyone you know when you're not feeling like yourself start tracking your cycle and go and talk to your healthcare providers and you can always email or message me if you have any questions or you want support okay PMDD and PME are some of the most fucking isolating conditions because there is not enough research on them. Not many people even know they exist. And that is why I'm doing this Awareness Month. That is why I've dedicated an entire month of this podcast to PMDD awareness because it needs to be spoken about more. And I really encourage you to share these episodes with your friends and your communities because more people need to understand these disorders. I'm going to read someone's post from one of the Facebook groups because I think it's a really good example of something that a lot of us go through. 
The person writes, My partner of nine months has been amazingly supportive. I've been vile on and off for him, for months to him. We always worked past it and I got counselling and I'm on meds. I'm doing much better. But today he split with me because he he can't spend his life in fear of the next explosion. I am a broken person right now. And honestly, my heart goes out to this person because this is so sad and this is the reality for so many of us with these disorders and I'm using this as an example because I don't think people can comprehend how fucked these disorders are unless you live with them or you're a partner you're a close partner of someone who does if your partner is threatening to leave you or you think they might leave you because of your disorder for one I want to say that is not your fault okay it is your disorder and these disorders are really difficult to manage they're not easy it's not easy to keep yourself in check when you are so out of control when you basically feel like a different person okay and I really encourage you to make sure that you have supportive partners and if your partner chooses to leave you because of your condition then potentially you could suggest couples counseling or couples therapy with someone who is educated around premenstrual disorders so that you can actually try and work things out if you feel it is salvageable and if the ex-partner is willing to do that but I really encourage you to go and get couples therapy before it gets to that point if if your PMDD or PME is causing a lot of issues in your relationship please talk to someone and don't just talk to your psychologist please go and see a couples counselor or a couples therapist because you need support together this is also difficult for your partner it's difficult in a different way but it's very difficult for them as well and they need to know how to best support you okay and I haven't been able to get my partner Brody on yet to talk to them about this. I was going to do an episode this month, but we'll have to do it in the future. Um, we're currently in the process of moving house and it's really hectic. So we haven't actually been able to organize that yet, but I promise it will be coming soon. So yeah, please make sure that you're telling your friends what's going on as well. If you feel your partner is pulling away, make sure that you're strengthening the other relationships in your life and you don't just have them. Make sure you have other people in your supportive network who can, who you can call up at 12 a.m. and be like, I can't sleep, I feel fucked, can I please come and sleep over? You know, you need people in your life like that 
even if it's family, even if you have to go and stay at your parents' house for your PMDD time, just so that you can have someone care for you if that's an option for you, okay? And remember that PMDD is classified as a disability if you are finding that it is incredibly debilitating for you, which it is for a lot of people, and you're really struggling to cope with everyday life and in your relationships, I really encourage you to potentially look into applying for like NDIS or the disability support pension so that you can have some sort of financial support and some uh, maybe a disability support worker or someone who can help you. Um, Unfortunately that you know not everyone is probably going to get that but it's worth a try and I would be chatting once again to um, yeah to your psychologist and and your psychiatrist and support network about that in helping you uh, get together supportive documentation. Again, if you have any questions about that kind of stuff, you can message me or you can just, you know, look on the Centrelink website. Um, really be, be compassionate to yourself. You know, if your partner does leave you, like I said earlier, it is not your fault and you need to make sure that you are being kind to yourself and not blaming yourself for that. What happens with PMDD and PME is in the early days of you getting diagnosed or realizing that you have it, it's going to be a lot harder because you're figuring out how to manage it and how to cope with those disorders. And so is your partner, whether your partner's been there from the day you got diagnosed or realized you had it, or if you've just started dating someone new, be honest with them, be open with them. And it might even be best that you live apart. That's something that I've found when I was going through a really difficult stage with my PMDD and PME last year. It's gotten a lot better because I've done all this healing and you know all the tools I've talked about in the last two episodes. I do those things and it fucking works and it helps. But before that, I was living with Brody last year and we were having a fucked time because of my PMDD. It was not good. I was losing my shit at them. I was not treating them sometimes like I wanted to treat them. But they are the most understanding, beautiful person and we got through it. And I ended up moving out into a a share house and that was the best decision ever. I lived in that share house for six months and I did more healing. I needed to be apart from Brody to heal. So if you need to move out and live with your parents for a bit or in a share house or even by yourself to, you know, do some healing and so you're not projecting all your shit onto your partner. So you're not, um, you know, treating them poorly or whatever, then do that. Okay, there's no shame in that if you have to live separately for a little while. You have to do what you fucking have to do. Don't resist doing something that can really change your life and benefit your life, okay? Okay, next question. I often yell at my partner during my luteal phase in PMDD time. It can be the smallest thing like them leaving a dish in the sink or not flushing the toilet and I will scream and lose my shit and essentially have a temper tantrum. I feel like a child and at the time I just need to release it and let all this anger out otherwise it just eats me up inside and I feel like I'm going to explode. After the explosive PMDD episode and I've calmed down I often feel extremely shameful ashamed 
alone and embarrassed? What can I do? So this is really, really common. And I just want to say that I experienced this myself as well. If you're someone who is prone to anger episodes, which that's probably most of us who have PMDD and PME, I really invite you to show yourself self-compassion. Once that happens and you're feeling that embarrassment, just keep telling yourself, even over all the negative chatter in your brain, say it out loud and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am okay. This is not my fault. This is PMDD and PME. This is not me. So what you're doing here is you're separating yourself from the condition. Because you are not PMTD or PME. You are not a walking PMDD and PME. You are yourself. And it's really important that you and your partner or the people you live with can separate that luteal phase PMDD version of you from your actual true self. Because when you do that, you see those episodes as PMDD, not as you. So if you explode, you can both be like, fuck, that was really fucked, but that was the PMDD. And I might be making that sound really easy, but trust me, the more you practice that every cycle with your partner, with your housemates or your family, the easier it will get and the less shame you will feel. Because otherwise, you're just going to keep perpetuating this shame narrative. Every time that happens, you're going to feel shit about yourself you're going to self-loathe you're going to spiral you're going to end up potentially feeling suicidal or extremely depressed and isolated and alienated and we don't want that that's taking you backwards and that might happen sometimes while you practice this and that's also okay it's not going to be linear you're going to maybe slip up sometimes and not be able to sit in front of the mirror and talk yourself down and separate yourself from it but I do this with my OCD as well actually not my OCD I say the OCD now and I separate it from myself because it's not me it's it's a mental illness it's an illness it is part of me and it has an influence on my life but it is not all of me and separating it from yourself game changer folks seriously game changer and making sure that your partner can see the signs if you're splitting for example if you have a personality split making sure your partner is educated around what splitting is if you don't know what splitting is it's really common for people with complex ptsd and bpd which i have both of those and basically it's where your personality splits a little bit so you basically become a persona that isn't your true self. So you split into a traumatic memory. So you might regress into a teenage version of yourself or into a traumatic memory, kind of like an emotional flashback. And you might behave in a way you normally wouldn't and you might become really cold and completely shut down, all warmth and all empathy. And you might be quite apathetic and you might be quite mean. (laughs) And it's important to start recognizing if you are splitting 
So yeah, just look up like personality splitting and do some reading if you think that might be you. I do think a lot of people with PMDD do split, um, even if you don't have BPD or complex PTSD, because that's essentially what's happening with PMDD is that you are becoming this kind of like dark, evil version of yourself in a way. Um, And that's why we call it Hell Week, right? Because it literally feels you literally feel like a fucking demon (laughs) like you feel like a psycho bitch um and maybe you are a psycho bitch sometimes and that's okay and that's not fucking your fault okay (laughs) something so once you've kind of got past that phase and you've practiced a few times you know separating yourself from the disorder and talking to your partner about it having check-ins and you're also um sitting in front of the mirror and being kind to yourself after those episodes happen, uh, doing some tapping or whatever you choose to do. Then the next step after that is to actually prevent those outrages from happening. Okay. And you might slip up sometimes again, and that's okay. But if you feel, you know, if your partner's doing something that's annoying you or triggering you and you're feeling like you're going to have an explosive episode and get really cranky at them and potentially throw something at them or um, yell at them, you know, like basically verbally abuse them, you want to avoid that. Okay. Because the more that happens, there will potentially be damage to the relationship and, there will potentially be that you know you will feel potentially more shame and etc it's not good for either of you or the relationship so to avoid this happening when you start feeling that anger explosive anger go to your room straight away do not walk down the stairs to where your partner is do not do it (laughs) walk to your room if you can and literally put on my anger playlist that I shared in the show notes of the previous episode get a pillow and bash the fucking motherfucking shit out of that pillow even if you have to pretend or put a photo of your partner's face on that pillow just to like get that anger out and release it do it because it's better than doing it to the actual person (laughs) okay so go to your room straight away go in there lock the door put a do not disturb on the door tell your partner you know text them or whatever be like do not come in I need my alone time right now put on the music and fucking let it all out you can like bash it because also what this is doing is it's preventing you from self-harming as well preventing you from feeling you know maybe suicidal because you're you're somatically releasing this shit and even if you have to do that five times a day just do it because it is going to save your fucking relationship and it is going to save yourself as well and save your partner the potential trauma of what might happen if you explode at them so that is probably one of the biggest takeaways from this episode if you have a partner or even friends that you live with as well that you notice you blow up at you know and you don't want to destroy the friendship go to your room put that playlist on let that rage out even if you have to like put your joggers on really quickly and just go for a fucking run put your headphones on and just like sprint or go for a really fast bike ride or something and just like get the fuck out of the house so that you're away from people because the further you are away from people the less damage your pmdd and pme can do to those people okay something else that i want to add is 
you might find that your PMDD and PME symptoms are improving with each cycle and then you might have a relapse and have a really fucked PMDD time and you're like, what the fuck? Am I going backwards? No, you're not. Okay. It is totally normal to have a little bit of a relapse every now and then to have a little bit of a backtrack, but you're not really going backwards. It's just part of the healing journey. And we all know that isn't linear. It's never going to be linear. And you might just have a little bit more stress going on at that time. Your brain might just have happened to be a little bit more sensitive to your hormonal changes during this specific cycle. Perhaps your typical mental illness or chronic illness symptoms are a little bit worse, therefore exacerbating your PMDD or PME. So just remember that, okay? Don't be disheartened if you have a really fucked cycle after you've had a few really good ones because the next one might be really good again you just have to keep going and you have to keep believing and that's really fucking hard and it's so much easier said than done trust me I fucking know I live through this and yeah it's fucked what can I say (laughs) you just got to do the best you can next question this will be the last question I've found that my PMDD and PME symptoms have become much worse since getting into a relationship with my current partner. Why might this be the case? So this happened to me as well. Um, And just like anything, when you get into a relationship, your shit comes to the surface because you're in a close relationship with someone who is potentially triggering you, who is bringing up trauma from previous relationships or childhood things. You know, every time you get into a new relationship, you know, once you get past that kind of honeymoon stage, shit is going to start happening and you're going to start getting triggered by each other's shit, okay? And that is why PMDD and PME symptoms can actually become worse when you're in a relationship and that's why it's really important to get on top of that quickly go and seek support as a couple if you need to and do what I said earlier you know when you feel those explosive episodes and things coming on go to your room and do your thing do your self-regulation self-soothing things that you got to do because This can happen and it can feel like the relationship is unhealthy or toxic, but it's actually just the PMDD or PME. So you need to try and journal a bit and have some awareness around, you know, is this my partner's behavior or is this because of my, you know, the PMDD and PME symptoms that I'm experiencing? And if that's the case, you know, you're going to have to sit down with your partner and you're going to have to have a heart-to-heart deep conversation about how you're going to go forward and have a healthy relationship. It's all about relationship check-ins. It's all about supporting each other and not just your partner supporting you, but you also supporting them and making sure that they are heard as well. Maybe not during the worst you know, parts of your cycle, but when you're feeling better, like opening up space for them to express how they're feeling about the PMDD and PME, like outbursts or anything that's happened in that cycle, making sure that they are not suffering in silence and that you're also supporting them is really, really important because like I said earlier, it's really difficult for partners as well. I've seen firsthand how difficult my PMDD and PME have been on Brody and on our relationship. And I'm getting a bit emotional now thinking about it because it's really sad. 
it's really, really sad, but it's incredible that we've gotten through it and you and your partner will get through it too if they're an incredible, beautiful, supportive person. And if you're finding that you're getting really jealous um, of your partner, especially, you know, in your PMDD time, then it might be, again, a good idea to go and seek out some couples therapy. And it might also be a good idea to go and see a psychologist yourself and to start, you know, doing some EMDR or some kind of work around improving your self-worth. There are so many great guided meditations like affirmations that you can just play I really recommend just going on Spotify and looking up like self-love affirmations or anything like that that you can just have going on in your headphones all the time Um, so you're just listening to it all the time and you're really reprogramming your brain and drilling that into your subconscious and you have to do this work every day all the time you can't just do it during your luteal phase or during the week leading up you need to be doing it every day and you will start to see changes okay you need to like commit to this shit if you want to heal and I know that might be really hard to hear and you just want a quick fix you just want to be able to swallow a pill and it fucking goes away but that's not the case for most people you know some people might find antidepressants really helpful and that's great but then you know some people might take antidepressants and they help a little bit but they also need to do all of this mindset work as well so I think I'm going to leave it there today folks Um, I hope this episode has been valuable that wraps up the PMD awareness month series so thank you so much for tuning in and if you've missed the other three episodes and you think you have PMDD or PME and you really need some support please go back and listen to those episodes I also really encourage you to do that self-screen if you're unsure and chat to your health professionals. Thanks so much for tuning in and I will chat to you next week. Bye. Oh, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review, obviously. (laughs) Um, It really helps out the podcast and I really, really appreciate it. Love you all. Bye.